Ultra. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we crawl our way to the bitter end or the logger end of the world's end, one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli, and now I'm sad that I didn't put that in the script for every episode. Well, it's it's there forever now. <laughs> and uh, today we're preparing, preparing to annihilate Minute 8, which begins with Gary telling Peter that Andy is in and ends with Gary asking how Stephen's ex-wife is doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Selena. Selena. We cover some ground in this one. Yeah, we do. So we move on. Yeah. So so let, let, let's not uh let, let's stay with Eddie Marsden as long as we can. Uh <laughs> I I love him so much. I just want to give Peter a hug. I just I just <laughs> I just love him. Yeah. I just love him so much. He's so great. So we get uh Gary has already forgotten Vanessa's name. Because mm-hmm. I, I I it's interesting that uh you know, I have to check with Vanessa. Who's Vanessa? My wife. My wife. Since when do you have to check <laughs> with your wife? Since, since we, got... we got married. <laughs> he's. I love it so much. He's. And let's be honest, Peter. Probably before that. Yeah. Probably before that. <laughs> he's so good at communicating like three different things with one line in this movie. Because and, and, and I don't, I'll mark it every time it happens. But what he's like, since we got married, he's sort of it says everything you need to know about their marriage, uh huh, about their relationship, and who who this guy is as a husband. Yeah, and that's that's a sign of a good actor to take a line and and bring it to life. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. He's so good that you would never know that he plays a toughie in most things. Yeah, like, like, uh, like, uh, and 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 Happy Go Lucky. He is sort of the antithesis to Sally Hawkins's character, who is Happy Go Lucky, mm-hmm. and her name is Poppy, and she kind of sees the world as like everything's half full. The world is kind. Every stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet, and Eddie Marzen's driving instructor character is like no we live in london fucker this <laughs> the world's shit people are shit get them before they get you you know and it's great he, he inhabits that character amazingly just like he does peter is he the because yeah. i it's interesting that yeah. peter is like well i'll have to check with vanessa first and his like smile that grows on his face as simon as, as gary starts to like draw him in kind of is he the most down like down oh like as in like down to go on this trip yeah uh i think so because i think i think that more than anyone else i think that he has the most to gain from it outside of gary which is that you know he's probably pretty i mean we saw him like he doesn't want to look at his kids or deal with them he he hides behind his newspaper he goes to work he does nothing at work he just you know, sits he just, there. Yeah, he just sits there. Like, he's miserable. Like, he's already a robot, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, He's already a blank. And so, like, the fact that he becomes a blank at the end of this actually makes a lot of sense. Mm. Uh, Even more so than... Uh, than uh, oh, man. 
Oh man, yeah. Um, then Oliver, you know, he's already a blank, and so it's just like, yeah. I mean, you know, he says like, "Don't you remember like the laughs, the camaraderie, and the smile on his face of just like that was nice." Yeah. Because the thing about it is like these guys don't talk to each other anymore. No. Um, and what's interesting is that, uh, and I'll, I'll go into this, um, in tomorrow. There's like, uh, I think, I think it's tomorrow that there's like a small, um, there's like a small change in a script that is like, is like a very subtle change that really says a lot about a different direction that they decided to take this. But Uh like, this is, this is a story about five friends who, like what happens normally they are not friends anymore like they don't interact with each other at all at best maybe they like each other's facebook posts occasionally right you know but that's it like they keep tabs on each other in you know in a way but they're not they're not hanging out they're not like oh let's meet up for coffee and catch up they're not doing that yeah they're not even doing the uh you know in dreamcatcher when the the guys in that story, that Stephen King novel, are like every year, no matter what, we always go out to the cabin and right. you know, try to bring back that, you know, keep that keep that fire going at least once a year. Yeah, like none of these people have spoken to each other probably since quote the accident. Yeah. Well, I think they each have a different time where they they cut out. Right. Um, like Andy and it, Gary probably stay together the longest. I would disagree. Actually, okay, okay. I I actually think I I think that um I think that Andy was the first to go. I uh, okay. Um, because everyone knows about the accident. Oh, so got that makes me it. think that Andy was actually first. Okay, um, so the accident happened. Andy bailed, and then and then the group started falling apart one by one at sure. that point. And I think that Peter never specifically bailed. I think that because that would take. Pe- gumption and solid action and a choice right. exactly what i think happened was that he was just the last left and gary was like well i'm not gonna hang out with just peter yeah <laughs> like he's not the kind of kid that we normally hang out with yeah you know so like i'm not gonna hang out with him that would be weird which is very so, relatable to male friend groups i think or maybe just friend yes. groups in general yeah where it's yeah, like oh i wouldn't we would never you know we would never hang out outside of a group setting. Yeah. And it's always yeah. a little sad to to kind of reckon with and be like, oh, are we friends or are we just members of a group? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And going back to your question about Peter being the most down for this, I don't think he has friends. Right. Yeah. I, I, I just don't I don't I don't think he's had friends, real friends since this group and so i think he does think very fondly about it i mean i think that he has grown up but he's grown up into a uh a a sort of husband and sort of father you know and (laughs) and that's it like he's not he's not even good at doing those two things and i think that it's because he requires a lot of support you know just in general he he needed support from his friends um, he needs help to do things, you know, mm-hmm. and to 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 be a uh, 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 you a know, functioning a, person, a functioning person. Yes, exactly. And I think that that's that's the thing is like Vanessa is like the real hero here because Vanessa is to him what 
all four of them were to him right. in high school, you know? Like she put his life on 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 a track so that he could be a functioning human being. But the fact is, I think that once they had kids, she is like, okay, I've got you figured out. So now you're no longer a priority. Our kids are my priority, which happens a lot, I think, in marriages, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that he feels a little shut out, like, oh, like no one cares about me. Like my kids don't give a shit about me. My wife cares more about my kids than about our kids than me, yeah. which fine, fair, but like also like I That's not great. Like, yeah, it's not great. It's not it does it it from his perspective, like someone who is kind of needy, mm-hmm. that's not going to feel great and is gonna feel like, well, what am I doing? Am I just like waking up every day and going to work and that's that like yeah. what what do i do like his, i don't have friends his, you know? his dad seems to see him as a drone more than like a son right from we get we get from this you know brief interaction that we have with them it's more like hey get back to work not right. like oh hey you're 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 one of peter's old friends okay right cool cool <laughs> man needs purpose scott yeah it's true if and you, hang over so fierce it feels like your head's full of ants. I don't know if I've – it's been a while since I had like a really bad hangover. When, whenever it happens, I'm always like, oh, right, this. Yeah. This sucks. I've uh, – my, my hangovers are either like non-existent or the kind where I just sort of wake up really dehydrated and that's it. And I just like – Take a shower, eat a big breakfast, have some coffee, and I'm good to go. I've um, had I've had like nausea. I've had like hangover nausea. Yeah, I've uh, well, the worst hangover I ever had was Christmas Day of last year. Whoa. Um, no, I guess that would be two years ago now. 2018, Christmas 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uh, I hung out with a friend that I hadn't had. I hadn't like my Michael Gorman. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So I like had hung out with him for like the first time ever. Cause we oh, know each other for a long time. Yeah. And you were like new to LA too. So he was kind of like, welcome friend. Welcome to the yeah, city. Right. 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 And so we went sort of bar hopping on Christmas day as sort of like a, um, Los Angeles orphan night mm-hmm. kind of thing where it's like, Oh yeah. Like none of our family is in LA. So let's all hang out together. Yeah. Um, and so we went bar hopping and uh, I had, uh, I think I ended up having like eight glasses of bourbon <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> that night. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a lot. Cause he was buying. Um, oh. Cause you know, he's a, he's a fairly successful actor. And so he has money. Um, and, uh, and he was buying like most of the night. Yeah. And so Good I drank way more than I should have. Um, and then my my day after Christmas, thankfully I was off work because uh, I was just on your couch all day. Yeah, I think I remember that. No, you were you oh, were no, you were not. gone. I was gone. Yeah, yeah, you were gone. You were in Texas. That was but the last Abbott remembers. <laughs> that was the last Christmas I went home. Oh yeah, because yeah. Abbott, Abbott was home as well. Yeah, yeah. Your roommate remembers. That's for sure. Or your your other, your roommate at the time. My roommate at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. My but, demons are my roommate now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. They were my roommates uh, then, too. <laughs> oh, buddy. Demons. Uh, demons. 
Uh, speaking of demons, I I recently rewatched all the Paranormal Activity movies. <laughs> oh, oh, like oh, like sense 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 of self isolating. Yeah, those are uh, those are scarier at home. They are. They are scarier at home. Also uh, underrated. I would oh, say. I think it's. I, I yeah. I I genuinely think it's one of our better horror franchises. Yeah, I think that the um the mythology, the way that they sort of unfold uh, build, un- build and un- unfold and build the mythology across that franchise is shockingly good and does yeah. not get nearly as much credit as it deserves. Definitely. And I would say, I think it's unfortunate that it ended on such a low note. I think ghost dimension is probably the weakest of all of them, uh-huh. but like, I think two is great. I think three is legit. One of my favorite horror movies. Yeah. One, the, the, the uh, one, two and three. Oh yeah, are just like holy crap! Those are great movies. Yeah, I mean, just uh, the uh, spoilers if you haven't seen them. But the twist of finding out when, finding out what two's relation to one is, is really yes. cool. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, yeah, the one, the one, two, and three, uh, that trilogy is really good. Four, five, and six are um, uh, yeah, iffy. Like- Fours, fours, okay. I'm a fan of the dark ones or whatever the Mexican one was. Yeah, no, that one was that. That's the best of those. That, that la- those three, the I latter think. half. Um, because uh, it's uh, what is it? Christopher Landon, right? The yeah. director of uh, Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day. Oh, Day. I never made that connection, but yeah, yeah, it's the direct. He that's the first movie he directed was that one, and then he, but he had been writing them since the second one. Yes. So so he wrote two, three, four, and five, and then he didn't write Ghost Dimension, which explains a lot about that movie. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it explains a lot that I don't even remember what really happens in that one. Yeah. And I am probably on the more gave a shit about the continuity and the mythology of those movies. Yeah. You know, like actually watch them to like, oh, I can't wait to find out more about this world. And, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. And no one else was watching it for that. They... Uh, they were all just watching it for like something to be scary. I think there was like this weird disconnect with a lot of people with those movies where they were like, Ugh, they're posing. They're like pretending to be real and they're not real. So they're bullshit. Right. These movies are bullshit. And it's like, <laughs> guys, they're not. They, it's just part of the aesthetic of the genre, the found footage genre. Like, yeah, it, it's still- not actually pretending to be real. But if it's found footage, then there it has to be real within the world. So like. Just accept that it's not in the real world. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's a, it's a thing. And um, I, uh, I remember the lead, the babysitter or the daughter in four being being someone. And I was like, who was that? And that was uh, Catherine Newton from yeah. uh, Blockers and Detective Pikachu. Who I think is a really qu- uh, cool emerging young actress. Yeah, it's too bad that that's the movie that she was in though, because it's not good. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, I remember being okay with it at the time, but having just rewatched it, it's, uh, it's bad. Um, it's bad, and it and it's just because it doesn't offer anything. Like, is yeah, it, it's, it, it, it mo- mostly it's just like baffling. Like, like what does any this, of this have to? What? Why is this the fourth one? <laughs> yeah, why is this hap- Why is any of this happening? What is this? Especially um, going after three, because after three, you're like, oh, bring it on! I can't wait yeah. to see where this is going. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, this is where it's going. Weird. Who um, who's the worst dad? The dad in two or the dad in four? Definitely the dad and two. The dad and two is one of the worst fathers in 
movie history, I think. Yeah, yeah. The dad in two is is the worst. Like when he when he bites it, you're like, yeah, good, deserved it, yeah. well deserved. Probably the, maybe not the worst. Definitely the most incompetent dad. The most like barely even in, there in two. Yeah. No, he's the worst because he's the one who does the curse. Oh, it's his fault too. It, yeah, it's his fault and he, it's his fault and he doesn't believe it. Yeah, yeah, he's the worst. Um, uh, no, the dad in the dad in four is fine. It's the mom in four that's the bad one. Yeah, yeah. Um, the dad and the dad in four died right before the movie came out. The actor. Oh no, I didn't know that. Yeah, I found that out while looking him up because we were like, "Who is he? He's somebody." Mm-hmm. We looked him up and we're like, "Oh my god, he's he's <laughs> he's with the force." Yeah, yeah, right. That was the last thing that he ever did was in, was that paranormal activity four. Oh. Um. Anyway, so, uh, I don't know why we went on this di- demon tirade, but well, I, I, th- just... I think we know what our uh, I think we know what our next podcast series is going to be about. <laughs> oh, can you imagine a movie? So we're still looking at nothing, <laughs> uh, but I'm sure something is going to happen soon. Well, I don't think any of them are two hours, so they'd be shorter. No, they're all ninety minutes flat. Great, I miss yeah. that. I really, I hope, I hope we get another annual horror movie franchise soon. They're supposed to be bringing uh, Paranormal Activity back again. Oh, that's fun. I think it's next March. I think they're oh, great. planning on one. Yeah. Great, great timing. Know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so we get uh, – so then we the move – demon, The demon was the coronavirus the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> Paranormal Activity. Self-isolation. Oh, God. You can't go outside. <laughs> but you can't stay inside. <laughs> Oh, what a nightmare! Just what a what a what a nightmare world scenario that would be, um, <laughs> where that movie exists. So I'm not being funny. I'm genuinely asking. But uh-huh. uh, we cut to Stephen at work. Well, okay. Are you on. ready? Oh yeah, yeah. Before, we, 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 no, for before sure. we do that, before we do that, I do need to mention that. Okay, so there's this great bit where. Uh, Gary says, what's your new number? And Peter says, same one I've had for 10 years. And Gary says, yeah, what's that one? Um, and then he gives him his number and the scene ends and we go into the next thing. But in the script, there's a little extra bit here that, uh, I am glad that they cut out because I think it ruins a, a really great reveal later. Um, it says, uh, uh, so, so Gary says, yeah, what's that one? Peter reluctantly gives Gary his card. Peter says, so you and Andy are all straight? And Gary says, yeah. Can I ask you a favor? So he's asking him for the money that he's going to use to pay Andy oh, back. Oh, yeah. It's a little – it's it's one reveal too much. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it doesn't work because this is the only time in the script where they mention it. So like until the reveal. Yes. So – he doesn't – there's not a bit where he asks Stephen for money. There's not a bit where he asks Oliver for money. Mm-hmm. There's just this bit where he asks Peter. Um, and so it doesn't really play. Like it would be one thing if at the end of each scene he says, can I ask you a favor? But instead they found like cool scene transitions in the dialogue mm-hmm. that they use instead. And it – works a lot better so like i'm i'm just glad that yeah they're and they're like okay well if we can't end it on a cool segue we can at least end it on a solid gary's a shithead joke right exactly which is like wait what's that one yeah perfect and again it just kind of drilling home that he is not he has not been putting in the effort to be in in peter's life he doesn't even have his phone number yeah his, his mobile his mobile 
And then uh, we cut to Steven, and Steven is at a construction site with, I think, the most actors of color that have been in an Edgar Wright movie. <laughs> oh, no. Because uh, uh... there's a black guy and uh, 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 kind of a brown guy who I'm not sure. I mean, sure. Not, not including... Um... Not including Baby Driver, I would assume. Yeah, pre 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 Baby Driver, because I'm trying to think of the actors who aren't white in the Cornetto trilogy, and I'm thinking of the guy who worked at the shop in Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Uh, I remember a black zombie because he was kind of younger. Right. Right. Um, Matthew Patel. Sure. Knives Chow. Right. I don't. Think Katianagi twins, the Katianagi twins. So that's seven. I can't think of anyone in Hot Fuzz in the village or in London. I think that movie. I think that that I think that whole movie is absent of color. Of color. Yep. So again, uh, one of my favorite filmmakers in the world, but uh, just can't help but notice. Yeah. I. I. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so Steve, so uh, <laughs> I mean, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Just, uh, just it's 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 very noticeable for sure. And uh, um, and yeah, especially in Hot Fuzz, though. In Hot Fuzz, I mean, I think that there could have been uh, some persons of color in the um, like what the team had, thinks of this. Yeah, yeah, like in the in the London scenes, mm-hmm. uh, like if one of if one of them, like if you'd taken out like. Um, I don't know. Uh, who was the middle guy? Um, the Steve Coogan? Yeah. If you take out Steve Coogan and replace him with like Idris Elba. Yeah. Oh. It would have been. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hello, Nicholas. Um, How's the hand? Yeah. See, that would have been good. Like you, you would have oh, had man. one. And then, and then you could have like mixed in. You should have. You could have peppered in some persons of color into the, the team scene. And then you get the sense that like, oh, okay. London is multicultural, but. We're not spending our time in London, and that's part of the yeah, problem. San- Stanford, Stanford, yeah, San- uh, Stanford is uh, is is rough. You, <laughs> while you still can't shake. We did a whole movies by minute show. You still can't shake Colin at Stanford. I really can't. Forget about it, Nicholas. It's Stanford. Yeah, it's Stanford. I'll get it. Uh, I just want to <laughs> say that I wouldn't change anything about Hot Fuzz, casting wise. But I just I couldn't help but you. It, it incepted into my brain uh, Idris Elba as Simon Skinner. Ooh, that's good too. Yeah, we were really good. I like that. I like that. You know what though? Uh, that reminds me of uh, Idris Elba in the Roundtable script, who was also a grocery store. Owner. Oh, that's really true. Yeah, <laughs> and was Jay Farrow in the reading that we went to? That's true. Yep. Um, oh. Doing a terrible British accent that he bailed on halfway <laughs> through the script. It, to his credit, he quickly bailed. Yeah, and was just Jay Farrow. Yep. Uh, go read Roundtable, guys. Look it up. Yeah, Brian K. Vaughn's Roundtable. It's a really great script. One of the great unproduced screenplays. Very much so. Uh, and yeah, and then we. Uh, I really like the visual language of Stephen, kind of in a in a sharp dress suit with a with a with a with a, with a not a blueprint, literally, but you know, plans. Yeah, he's the boss. He's the center. He's looking ahead. Yeah, and he's uh, no tie. Nice suit, no tie. Mm-hmm. He's got a black hat on versus everyone else's white hat. Um, you know, he's the he's the architect, and he's talking to his head builders. Yeah, sort of uh, got got one up on Peter. 
Mm-hmm. And again, it's just it's just yeah. funny because what he's talking about, the kinds of things that he's talking about here, where he's like pointing out like, and then we're going to do this with that window over there. And I, and you're just like, didn't you guys already talk? You're already building this. Like, don't don't you guys already know everything that you're going to be doing here? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not an architect, but it seems to me that you would pre-plan all of this. What so is that? It? By the time the builders show up, it's like, yeah, they just do what the plans say. What is it about architects? And and cinema to where we often equate if you're successful, I feel like architect working for a magazine, you know, there's like if you're a character in a movie that is one of those jobs, you're like a, a quote success. Uh, Lawyer. I think, yeah, I think part of it is uh, like architect is good because what architect does is it feels artistic so the piece, the person doing it the character can be somewhat creative mm-hmm. but it's not so artistic that they can't also be manly and do things with their hands right or or to where it's like look i'm not writing about a screenwriter i'm writing about an architect right so it's like kind of this weird like best of both worlds thing I, when I think when i think of architects i think of ted mosby Sure. Yeah. Wasn't uh was it wasn't Joseph Gordon Levitt in Five Hundred Days of Summer an architect, but he was working at a card company. Yep, he absolutely was uh an architect. Yeah. Here I dreamt I was an architect. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Anyway. Yep. Ted Ted uh, Mosby. <laughs> Ted Mosby. Have you met yeah, Ted? It just it, it allows them to be sort of um uh yeah, know, yeah yeah like like you said creative but practical and i think that kind of yeah. fits with steven where okay he's not he he's not he's not on the arctic monkeys he didn't become a famous musician but he's also not a drone like pete right he's an architect right he's wearing a suit but he's not wearing a tie right right exactly he's kind of like uh you know the ideal of what like Gary should have grown up to be, you know? Sure. Um, but the thing is, he's more practical than Gary. And so this is why he becomes yeah an architect. And it's a shame, you know, I don't even, I guess when I think about Gary, I'm like, well, could he have been Rob Gordon and high fidelity where it's like, yeah, he's still a kid. He's still kind of dressing like he's in his twenties, but he does have a job. He does go to work every day. He owns his own business. Right, but right. But it's a record store. And I don't even – I think, unfortunately, Gary kind of lacked the focus to even do that. Right. Right. Because he was always worried about having a good time. And running a business isn't always a good time. No. Sometimes Jack Black comes to work three hours late. Right. Sometimes he's uh, fighting or with – you got to balance the books or, you yeah. know, it's uh, it's not great. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Um. We get some fun physical comedy of Gary fucking up the construction team's job. Yeah. The helmet without a helmet. Who's the helmet without a helmet? That's Gary <laughs> King. <laughs> As if they're supposed to know who that is. Oh. <laughs> In the bloke you talk about uh, all the time, stole your girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how's so, Selena? How's Selena? Got divorced uh, 10 years ago. Yeah, I know. It's just <laughs> Again, another another reference to the fact that he, they, they have not kept in touch. So that would have been around 2003. Right. 
Right. 13 years after graduating. Mm -hmm. It's charting the timeline. Uh, Do you you want to talk about Patty Considine? Sure. Let's do it. So uh, Patty Considine is a uh, English actor, director, screenwriter, and musician. And uh, his Wikipedia is, uh, is humbling say the least. Uh, this, yeah. this dude has been busy. He was born in uh, Burton-upon-Trent, Stratfordshire, where he still resides. Mm. Hometown bloke. He grew up with his brother and four sisters in a council estate in Winshill, a village in Burton. Uh, his late father, Martin Joseph Considine, was Irish. Considine attended, among other schools, Abbott Bine Senior School and Burton College in 1990. Considine enrolled to do a, a national diploma in performing arts in Burton College, but he didn't complete the course. Hmm. In 1994, he moved away to study photography at the University of Brighton, where he studied under the social documentarian Paul Rees, who described one project, portraits of Considine's parents in their house in Winchell, as, quote, fucking brilliant. At one point, Considine was threatened with expulsion, but graduated with a first-class BA. That's badass. <laughs> If you could get threatened with expulsion and then graduate first class, that's like the best of both worlds. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and then uh, he kind of hit. He kinda... <laughs> I just like that you said uh, 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 graduated with a BA and then you said that's badass. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> Patty Considine, you are a first class badass. <laughs> Goody two shoes playing in the background. Mm-hmm. So uh, after graduating, he worked uh, He worked in uh, movies with Powell Pawlikowski in 2000 in The Last Resort. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dead Man's Shoes was uh, a big role of his in 2004. Uh, the only Powell Pawlikowski movie I've seen is Cold War, and I really loved it. So I need to get on my Powell Pawlikowski grind. Uh, his short film. So uh, uh, Tyrannosaur, his, his, his movie in 2011 that... Uh, Eddie Marsden was in was actually loosely based on his short film dog altogether, which uh, won some empire awards and some BAFTA awards and was a really successful short film. Believe it or not, he was mostly known for being a, you know, indie darling drama guy. Hot fuzz. Hot fuzz was his first comedy. Really? God, he's so funny in it too. Yeah. And to me, it speaks so much to, Kind of similar to how how Eddie Marsden is so great and so unlike his other characters. How cool is it that Edgar Wright, you know, probably saw some Pablo Pawlikowski movies, maybe saw 24-Hour Party People, another another kind of breakthrough role for his, and was like, this dude needs to be in a comedy. I just, I have a, I have a lot of respect for filmmakers who can take an actor and say, I know you're known for doing this, but I have a feeling you can do that. Mm-hmm. And then excel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, he was one of the Andes in Hot Fuzz <laughs> and uh, just uh, just amazing. Amazing. I don't and I don't even think I don't think he's done a comedy since this. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, along with this. He was in uh, Born Ultimatum, the mm-hmm. Red Riding trilogy, which I'm sure right. is hilarious. <laughs> Oh, about a serial killer that can't get caught mm-hmm. for decades and the, decades over the course of three films. Yeah. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Oh, uh, technically a comedy and one of your favorite movies. Considine starred in the film adaptation of Submarine directed by Richard Awadi. Oh, I forgot that was him. 
Man. But that's kind of more of a uh, a dry comedy, like a dark comedy, right? Yeah, it's definitely more of a more of a dark comedy and his character is he's like the weirdo neighbor. Uh okay. Um who uh is like um you know like kind of like a like a mullety like kind like, he's kind of Gary King kind of Gary King oh, vibes, honestly. Yeah. Um like like the mullety guy who like likes karate and rock music. Got it. Kind of like Hesher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's got that vibe in that movie, but um, um, he is very good in it. I although he was that. not in Shaun of the Dead, he was eventually in a zombie movie in the uh, 2016 British film, The Girl with All the Gifts. That's a zombie movie? I don't know. I've never seen it, but it's described in Wikipedia as a zombie movie. I've never seen or read it. I've heard the book is really, really good, and I've heard the movie's not bad, but I've heard really good things about the book, and I've wanted to read it. I didn't know that this was a was a zombie film, post apocalyptic science fiction horror. And uh, wow. he's also a, an accomplished music video director, directing uh, "God Put a Smile Upon Your Face" by Coldplay. And, really? Yeah, and the music video for "Leave Before the Lights Come On" for the Arctic Monkeys, and that was '06 Arctic Monkeys. So that was, I bet you look good on the dance floor era Arctic Monkeys. Yeah. Not here's a 17 minute prog rock song about a hotel on the moon Arctic Monkeys. Yeah. Patty Considine, real what a what a career. What a crazy career. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Interesting. <laughs> he's a real uh what do you call it? Or he's a real Renaissance man. Yeah, for sure. Uh Jack of all trades. Yeah. Isn't uh isn't isn't Chris Martin like the isn't I think Simon Pegg is like the godfather to Chris Martin's child, or maybe the other way around? Is that right? I remember reading once that they're like they're bros, and that's why Coldplay is in Shaun of the Dead. Oh yeah, I think that I think that is right. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, I I really like this exchange between Gary and Steven, where mm-hmm. Gary says knock knock, and Steven <laughs> Steven's like, "What are you doing here, Gary? You're supposed <laughs> to say who's there. I can see who's there." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I like it because it's like Steven is just not entertaining his bullshit yeah and i can really relate to steven in this moment of Uh like i know who i was to you before but i am not that person anymore and i am not going to fall back into that role for you yeah i think it's a very human thing especially when dealing with people from your past who haven't seen you in a while because uh, i mean we'll find out more about this as we go along but steven is a man that uh he's a character that has made a big point to remake himself yes and like an architect build himself well he's become a leader yeah which he was not before Mm -hmm. uh but he probably should have been right yeah he says like you know gary through you know sheer force of adolescent will made me the number two the Riker. right or the what's the last name Riker. no 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 Uh, i'm sorry i should have picard uh, no, no, Stephen. What's Stephen's last name in this movie? Oh, Stephen. Uh, oh man, I just want to say Stephen Stills, but that's not because <laughs> right. it's Andy Knightley, Peter Page, Oliver. What's Oliver's last name? Uh, Chamberlain. Oliver Chamberlain. Uh, Prince. Stephen Prince. So yeah, Prince, right below the king. Right. Second in line to the throne. Right. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm sure that really I'm 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 I bet that kind of even took some shaking off going into university. Or adulthood. Yeah, probably. You know, 
not being yeah. the hero of your own story. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I think that's, uh, that's all I've got for yeah, this we'll, one. We'll talk more about Steven tomorrow. Yeah, indeed. But uh, in the meantime, please, uh, we have so much other stuff so many other podcasts to offer on dueling genre. Uh, you know what I've been having a lot of fun listening to Scott is your, uh, your new podcast theme park. This. Oh, thank you. With Kyle crane and Brian green. It is a, a podcast where Scott, Brian and Kyle talk about their love of theme park attractions and, uh, imagine other theme park rides or imagine how to change stuff or remake stuff. I'm, I'm in the middle of your, uh, Epic universe episode. Oh, where you uh, you go into theoretical, hypothetical, uh, epic universe attractions, mm-hmm. and uh, it's really interesting. So uh, yeah, if you're a theme park person, if you're a fan of like defunct land or expedition theme park or any of those video series, uh, theme park this is a great podcast alternative to those. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I really appreciate you uh, checking that show out. I'm glad that you like it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um... All right. Well, yeah, that's and that, those uh, you can find that uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, all of the dueling genre podcasts are on Spotify now. So Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, and, um, everything. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with minute number nine. But for now, let's move on.